Welcome to How the West is Number One. My name is Jules Brooke, and this podcast has been proudly sponsored by the Maribyrnong City Council and is all about the extraordinary business owners we have in this area. Sheridan Rose Shaw, I am so excited to be sharing your story on How the West is Number One. Uh, thank you so much for being my guest. My pleasure, Jules. Oh, Thanks my for the goodness. invitation. Oh, Very no, exciting. look, I have, I have heard about Mama West so often in the mum space and around the women around Yarraville and Kingsville. So it's great to talk to you. So I've kind of given it away, but tell everybody what you're doing now. Okay. So my name is Sheridan. I am the creative director of Mama West, which is Melbourne's first ever hair salon slash co-working space, which is also the home to four individual women-led business. Oh, fantastic. So big question is why? Why did you set it up? Well, I have been thinking a lot about this question lately and as far as I can remember, I always wanted to collaborate with other people. Right. When I was younger, back in my party scene, my dream was to have a hair salon slash nightclub. Oh, great combo. I love that. Yes. (laughs) I was doing lots of hair and makeup in the nightclub industry, doing lots of DJs and people in that scene and that was like my first idea. Though I was in a very different headspace and probably didn't have any capacity to hold the fort of something as big and bold as that. Right. So over the last 10 years that dream has evolved and it's kind of gone in between a gym slash hair salon, um, a cafe slash hair salon, and then all of a sudden it was Mama West that kind of grew out of um, the COVID space. And why Mama West? What do, what, what's, the, what's the connection with mamas? Yes, well, I am a mum. I have a three and a half, three-nager Right. He's yes. a lot. <laughs> they are one at that age. Totally. One and done. Yeah. Uh, so I am a mum and my heart absolutely bleeds in the West. So they're the two, you know. Combinations. That, it's such a good name as well. Yeah, okay. You. So you alluded to the fact that you worked with DJs and nightclubs and stuff. Let's go right the way back. Yes. I'm always interested in hearing where people have come from and yes. got to. So <laughs> where did you grow up and what sort of size family did you have? So I come from a family of five. I've got two sisters, a mum and a dad, and I am the middle child with okay, infinite three middle girls. child syndrome. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. Um, yeah, so I grew up, we were originally from Perth and we moved here when I was in grade four. But here being the West, did you move to the West? We didn't move to the West. Okay, we moved where did you live to first? Coburg. Okay. Yes. North, still not that far away. Yes, <laughs> still North-ish West but not and What did, what not did your mum and dad do? My mum was a makeup artist and ah. my dad was in the uh, uh, supermarket scenery, okay. I suppose. He was at Campbell's Cash and Carry there doing management. So Right. Yeah. Amazing. And so did you like school? What was what was school I like for you? I hated <laughs> school. I always think it's really good actually to say that because there might be young people listening who hate school as well and think, oh, my God, my life is over. And, of course, it isn't at all. Oh. It's just one part of your life. So you hated it. It Why? felt like Tell me. it was over. <laughs> oh. Prison. Just 
yeah, I was a rebel. Like right. I just wanted attention. I wasn't getting any attention at home. So I'd go to school looking for some kind of attention and I'd get it, but it was the wrong kind. Right. But any kind of attention was good attention to me. So I was in the principal's office all the time. Is this primary school or are we at high school now? Uh, this is more so high school, I okay. think, after my family's divorce. That's uh, when it all yes, it began. Does tend to set you off. <laughs> it sure <laughs> On a did. path or it can. Yeah. And so what happened? Did you go to through to year 12? No, I went through three high schools and oh I dropped out God, in Sheridan. year nine. All so, around here? Uh, it was all, I went to Pascovale Girls, Princess Hill and Elwood College. And none of them, you're like, and Elwood's college is supposed to be, you know, I guess, was that the last one? That was the last, oh, was it? I can't even remember. Maybe. <laughs> Don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So none of them really, you didn't gel with any of them? I didn't, but I liked being the new girl because oh. it was the attention. Okay. So I think there was a bit of a pattern here, you know? <laughs> right. Okay, so when did you leave and what did you do? Yeah, so I left school year nine. I don't even know if year I completed nine. it. Right. Yeah, it was a. I didn't even know you were allowed to leave in year nine. I don't think you were. <laughs> right, but there was no getting you there. There was no getting. So me what there. were you going to do? What did you? It, was it makeup from the day one? It was makeup from day dot because of mum. Because of mum, I think that was my biggest influence, yeah. and I had to have an interview with the makeup school because I was actually too young to start. <laughs> How old are you in year nine? Like fourteen? Fourteen or fifteen? Yeah, fourteen. I 14. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they let you in in the end? They did let me in. So did your mum did your mum have a say in that? Did you have to go and get her to talk to them? I think it was a maturity thing. Yeah. And I've always been a bit of an adult child, so I definitely had that adulthood Although I was very young, looking <laughs> yeah, back in hindsight. 14. Wait yeah. till your son or daughter is 14. Oh. You'll go, oh, my God, I can't believe I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go? What did you, where did you go to school? Yeah. So or where did you go to do makeup? Yep. Yeah, so I went to Academy of Makeup mm-hmm. and did my diploma. And is that in the city? That was in Paran. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I began my hair units in the makeup scene and yeah. by the time I'd actually qualified with makeup, I knew I was too young to even be a makeup artist. I knew I wasn't going to kind of get the respect of... And the work that you needed. Exactly. Right. So it was straight into a hairdressing apprenticeship just to kill some time until I would get this so-called respect. This was the story that I'd told myself, of course. So it was the apprenticeship that I think saved my life and gave me purpose and passion and direction. Why? Tell me all about how how the hair thing... Did that all that for you? Well, it was the first thing I was ever good at. So I struck to it. I right. clung to it like gel. Like it was yep. just this is my thing. This is, this is yeah, the first thing I was ever good at. So I felt good in myself because I had something to put my energy into. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and also being around adults. Like I loved being around adults. I couldn't connect with people my age. I always felt a lot older than what I actually was. So right. being around um, a different. Other adults yes. who, who valued what you were able to offer as well. Absolutely. Amazing. So how. How long did you end up staying there for? So I kind of flew around in my apprenticeship as well and I was at lots of different salons Why? across the board. Didn't I, like them or? Well, the hairdressing industry is a funny it industry. Is a funny <laughs> and it's I, filled with characters. It sure was. And my first boss that I'd actually signed on with as an apprentice, I was doing like tea and tidy at a salon in St Kilda and that did that fell through because 
you know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Again, just another funk in the road. Um, though, yeah, we just didn't connect. Like he, 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 he would make me do things over and over and over again. Um, and this was like counting tubes of colour. So he's just teaching you a lesson kind of thing Pretty as opposed much. to and and I didn't show like you how it. powerful I am. That was, I felt the power yeah, struggle. I, I, can, I can understand that you'd go, right, let me just show you. I'm yes, walking away from this. Totally. So what do you do when you've walked away? Uh, I found another salon apprenticeship in South Melbourne at FB Salons and that was the salon that really started to mould me and shape me as a hairdresser. And was that because you loved the people that worked there? I respected the people that I worked with. As opposed to loved? Yes. Okay, so they weren't sort of close mates but it was the beginning of at last I can see the light and people are starting to take me seriously. Absolutely. And I I respected their experience and their uh, qualifications and their Accolades. Um, they were very big in the eighties and won Salon of the Year and all of those things. Oh, so right. okay. I felt I could see like a I could see a potential and a career path. I guess a, a career path for me, absolutely. And so, um, how long did you stay there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good face. <laughs> then it all kind of began for me because I'm out. You know, I'm like this mini adult that is how a old mini are adult. you roughly at this stage? Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> yes. And you know, feeling so very mature, though looking back in hindsight, not. You know, I start to hit the nightclubs. I'm an apprentice. I am getting you got old. cool hair. You got cool people around you. Totally. Um, and uh, that's when my kind of career path turned to drugs and alcohol. Oh, God. Right. So tell me about that. Well, I was, you know. stuck in. I did. I got really stuck. I think all of the kind of neglect from my childhood finally caught up to me and it was just a feel good. It was a way to feel really good in my skin and comfortable in my skin and going out was like a family. Yep. And the nightclubs And everyone's doing it there, I guess, so. Exactly. It was just one thing after another. But it got out of control, did it? Very quickly. Like from my very first kind of experience with drugs, I would spend my whole wage on a bag of drugs. Oh, my God, and Sheridan. Was, yeah, it was just really – And, it and there just was, weren't normal. any adults around you going, hang on, what's going on? Were you living at home? How did you I, survive? I was living at home. Right, so the money was really sort of spending money. Spending money, but, again, my dad wasn't around. He was right. home, but he wasn't home, if you know what I mean. So there was no one ever kind of giving me any – Guidance. Feedback, guidance, direction, uh, validation. Uh, so I guess I kind oh, of found it thing. anywhere I could find it, and yeah, loved, loved just. So how okay. far down the rabbit hole did you go? I mean, did you have to go to rehab? I this so okay. Kind so of tell me the story. I'll shut forward. up for a minute. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It got really hard. It got really deep. This was oh, the beginning no. of it, and the end of it. Fast forward about four years on after oh, I wow. qualified, I was working at one of the best hair salons in Melbourne. I and was, nobody knows at this stage that you've got this raging habit. Well, I think it's my you know it started to it started become to undone. Come right. Yeah, it's I was homeless at this stage. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like my dad had totally kicked me out. I was homeless. I was living on people's couches. Meanwhile, live, working at the best hair salon in Melbourne, like work yeah, that and, out. Yeah, and burning the candle at both ends L- by going out all night. Literally and going straight yeah, straight oh, to work right. from a night on the town. And, yeah, it just started to – so I lost that job. And I right. think that was the beginning of the undoing of me and the beginning of seeing the reality of my – the consequences of my actions. So tell me about it. What what did that – what does that look like? Well, it went – it just – I kept
kept digging my grave, I think. Like there was consequences. Oh, I'd finally yeah. lost a job. I could see that it was because of my actions. But then I think I just got so much further in denial from that moment that, of course, it wasn't, you know, when I worked at another salon, I lost that job. But, of course, it was their fault and they just lost the best yeah. hairdresser they'd ever had and all this crazy. Stuff going around in your head. Yeah, craziness to kind of justify my actions. Mm. But then the psychosis kicked in and that's when it oh, really, really, really ended everything for me. So what happened? Tell me. So I was, yep, yeah, using every day. I was working from home at that stage. I was still kind of doing DJs and, you know, people's from the scenes right. to kind of support my lifestyle and the denial. So it was all working. I was still earning money. It was on my terms. No one had to care so if I had what a you're habit. saying to yourself. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> right. Or at least kind of unconsciously surrounding myself with. Enablers, some, really, people big, who are going, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. Right. But then psychosis is something that you just cannot reason with and I could. So what happened? You started hearing voices in your head, I started literally. hearing voices. The radio was talking to me. All my friends were conspiring against me. My mother was conspiring against me. I was adopted and I was oh, looking at my birth shit. certificate and I'm like, there's something not quite right here. And I ring my mum. Right. You know, for help and She's there within half an hour because she can see something's seriously going wrong. But I'd also, you know, kind of been in and out of hospital, overdoses, all this kind of stuff. So my parents were well aware what was going on. That there was an issue. There was definitely an issue. Yeah. And and so what happened when the psychosis happened? So I got admitted to a hospital and to a psych ward. And that was kind of when I realised I don't belong here. Like I know I'm crazy and something's not right. <laughs> but it's not crazy like in a psych ward crazy. But it's not a psych ward crazy. It's unhappiness by the sounds of it. It was unhappiness and it was, you know, I, all I looked for was a place of belonging and ending up in the psych ward, I knew that I wasn't going to find that belonging there. So did they give you the tips and skills and things you needed to get yourself out of that? Not at all. It wasn't the psych ward that oh, helped. No. But right. it was kind of like this spiritual intervention, I believe, from the universe where my drug dealer's mum brother had a rehab right. and I was connected to the family and I'd reached out to her for help and before I knew it I was in rehab and I've been clean almost 10 years since that day. Oh wow congratulations yeah. that is huge because it, I mean a lot of people don't manage to get themselves out of that. Yeah. So what do you do when you come out of rehab because you must have felt like Bambi you know I like was... so new and this whole world and how am I going to deal oh, with it? I had no idea though I, I knew all I knew was I hated myself and I wanted to die. Like oh, that was where Sheridan, I just want to give ended. you a big hug as a 16-year-old <laughs> or 18-year-old or whatever you yeah, are at well, this stage. By this stage I was 20. So right. it was kind of this, you know, few years of oh, some of the best love. days of my life but yeah. some of the worst days of my life and worst decisions I've ever kind of made for myself. Um, but in hindsight, like I, I love everything that happened. You wouldn't be here today if that, that happened. Hadn't happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. and that's why I'm really open and honest about it because it is who I am. Um, there's a lot of shame around being being an addict in recovery yes. and carrying that kind of life experience. But what comes with that is lots of magic and lots of gifts because I've got this crazy amount of energy that I can invest into anything. And I'm all, I almost have to because if I don't, I've got Where's this- that energy going to go? Exactly. Although you do have a three-year-old, so I imagine I some do. of the energy goes <laughs> in that. It sure does. Well, tell me how all of that happens. So, okay, so you come out of rehab, yep. ready to start a new life. Yeah. What do you decide to do? Well, I was in rehab for 18 months because right. I was terrified to go back to the lifestyle that I came from. So I cut 
cut my all my old friends off. I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't on social media. I had no phone for six months because I was just so terrified of ending back where I was. Yeah. So I was in rehab for 18 months and about six months clean. I got my license, you know, I think I'd just turned 21 by then. Right. I'd started working one day a week at a hair salon with my best friend who I reconnected with who completely kind of shut me off and just said, you're too cooked, like you need help. And that was probably another gift from her. She had to protect herself. So kind of rekindling with her, she'd opened up her own salon. She needed a hand. Where was the salon at this stage? That was in... Oh, in Not the in burbs. the West anyway. Okay. It was in the Burbs. On the Which is other, probably safe for you in It was because it wasn't ways. It wasn't the city. It wasn't Chapel Street. It wasn't that whole nightclub kind of groovy people no. scene that's so tempting. No, it was very suburban and I <laughs> loved that. Like yeah. I've never had that kind of um, experience in hairdressing. It was always very prestige. It was always very. Right. Yeah. Um, high end and just kind of connecting with people like-minded people was really beautiful connecting with families connecting with my best friend and her family again um I'm so pleased for you that that happened so so what happened after you finished or how long did you work with her so I was there for two years great that's a good amount of time as well it was because to be honest I didn't think that I could be a hairdresser without using drugs yeah because I that was your only experience it gave me the creativity that I didn't have any kind of connection so you were worried that you weren't going to be able to be cutting edge I was terrified say that for a hairdresser terrified (laughs) because what what drugs did for me it just removed all the anxiety and all the fear before the opposite happened and all it gave me was anxiety and fear and psychosis. So it's kind of like, you know, what what used to give me this faith, um, I've now been able to kind of find um, without having to use drugs and faith in my actions and faith in myself and faith in showing up for myself. And so anyway, I didn't think I was going to be a hairdresser. Right. So then I get this call from my best friend randomly offering me this job and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just give it a go. And then, yeah, so I started Saturday and then uh, part-time to full-time. I was there for two years and then I was like, okay, I've definitely grown out of these four walls. It was Mill Park. That's right. where it was. Right, Mill yes. Park. okay, that is Somewhere way away. Yes, and I was living in the west at that time. Maybe it's west. Um, I don't know, Mill Park. Avondale Is it past the airport? I was living in Avondale Heights. Right. Is that I west? I don't know. We're both looking at each other with confusion on our faces. So much confusion. I don't know whether that's northwest or I don't really know. Anyway, west somewhere yeah, yeah, north yeah. of the city. So I was driving about 45 minutes to get to Mill Park. Right. Because I was on this side of town-ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, I finished up there and I moved to Mooney Pond Salon and I was there for two years working under Ross who was had been a hairdresser for 30 years. It was a fabulous hair cutter and I was able to really – Great guy sh- by the sounds of it. I can see the look in yeah, your face. I've he he turned of, everything around for you. He really did, I, but I was really driven by this stage. Yeah, I wanted to good. learn. I wanted to kind of shape up the skills that I'd kind of tapped out in my apprenticeship over and it was my hair cutting. Right. So I'd stay back every Tuesday with him and the apprentices and just absorb all of his energy, all of his skill, all of his incredible uniqueness in cutting. So I got my confidence back I think as a hairdresser and I got my confidence back working with Sarah and seeing my worth and that I am quite skilled and talented in colour. Colour is my thing. Did you decide to do awards? Did you start applying for awards around then? I never in a million years thought that I would be the hairdresser. I'm guessing that you wouldn't have. Applying for awards. But I'm wondering whether Ross sort of suggested 
suggested that no, you did. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that style of hairdresser. And I think FB salons where I worked and did my apprenticeship, they were right. But I, I kind of completely abandoned that opportunity. I, I actually left there on good terms. Yeah. Because I was getting these boundaries from my boss, and I didn't like it. So I'm like, <laughs> you know. Let's go to another salon, like just like yeah, the where school people pattern. are going to let me do what I can do. And I found that, right. but it wasn't what I needed. And it really is, you know, kind of looking back in hindsight, I wish I had a stay at FB salons and completed all of my training with them. Yeah, but it was, I mean, you were so young. I, I was mean, so young. back to being 14. Yeah. And the decisions that we make at 14 are not the decisions that we make at 25 or 35. Totally. So, um, okay, so you worked with this great guy in Mooney Ponds and we've got you in the inner west a bit then. Yes. What was the next stage after that? So, sadly, I, I gave everything to that job, like absolutely everything. I treated it like it was my own. And right. sadly, when I started getting my own kind of opportunities coming my way, he couldn't he give me like the it. space yeah. to be able to accept those because if he gave it to me, he'd have to give it to everyone. And I was really upset by that. I was so devastated because I felt like it was What family. kind of opportunities are you talking about? So uh, one of my friends worked at the concierge at Crown, so I was getting calls to do like $200 blow waves in 45 minutes, which right. is like double my Amazing. wage. Yep. And so all these- And op- he wouldn't let you. He just wouldn't let me. He did let me twice, but as I started to ask for more, he's like, no, I can't keep doing this. You you work here. and So this is kind of the universe saying you need to go out on your own a bit, isn't it? Well, now I thank him every goddamn day. <laughs> I bet. Every single day because by then I realised- you know, that we didn't have our best, he didn't have my best interests at heart. He had his business, which I understand yes, now as a business yes. owner. But at but the time when you're an employee, you're like, what? Yeah, I was I was heartbroken. Right. Um, though I left that salon because I was like, I'm going to leave the salon world and I'm going to become a personal trainer because by then I was obsessed oh with my fitness. Oh, my aunt, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Me neither. Right. It was a new passion. It was a new hobby. It was something that I really. A positive addiction. It was so. So it saved my life, that addiction. It really, right. really did because, you know, during all this time at salons as well, I was experiencing a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. I was still learning how to live in the world without using drugs a day at a time. So it was exercise that gave me this other, you know, rush that was a kind of healthy-ish rush and yeah. gave me um, good feeling. Totally. And yeah. so was it a particular type of exercise were you doing? Yes. I know so- you're next door to the, to the taekwondo girl because she <laughs> Kirsty is the first interview that's going to come out in this series oh, and she was amazing. telling me she's next door to you yes yes we we're always hearing Wah! at our <laughs> Thursday night sessions and stuff so yeah um by then it was CrossFit for me that, oh, okay. that just was like wow what is this so Jim combined with hairdresser how did that idea come about well I had to find a way to leave SAS And I started a personal training um, diploma and I was also working at the CrossFit gym that I was. So at that stage were you thinking I'm going to jump out of hairdressing and and gym is going to be my thing? That was going to be my thing. Oh, right. Okay. But what I didn't realise, because I had really low self-worth, like I didn't believe that. That you were worth it. I was worth it and that I was even good at hairdressing because of, you know, all the experiences that I'd had. But then I left and every single one of my clients Still wanted you. me to do their hair. I so bet. I thought I'd do a bit of hair from home, just a couple of clients a week while I study and while I work at the gym. And I had like, you know, 
40 hours a week's worth of clients. Literally. Right. And I had to choose because I was getting migraines. I was trying to do it all. I was trying to train. I was trying to work at the desk and I was trying to work 40 hours in the bathroom and it just it just wasn't working. So I had a nutritionist at that time that said, you need to choose which one you want. And I chose hair. So I accidentally well, started my so own business. so glad you did. <laughs> so what was it? So talk to me about setting up a business yes. because this is about, you know, small businesses in oh, the inner West. I love What was topic. it like? What was it like for you? Well, you know, because I love starting new businesses okay. and I get so excited. All right. I want to know whether you were scared, excited. Oh, Off you go. Do we want filter or no filter? <laughs> no filter. <laughs> Tell us all. <laughs> So by this stage, I'd realized I'd had an extra 20% of energy that I didn't had never seen as when I worked for someone else. Right, so when I started yes. doing it for myself, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just giving so much more time, more service because I cared that little bit more. And you're building something of your own this and, time and no one can tell you how it has to be. You can do it whatever way you think is right. And I think you can tell by my life experience already. I don't yes. like telling anyone. <laughs> you know what to do exactly so and I don't like I'm a rebel like I just love to do what I want break boundaries break boundaries break the molds I love you give it to me baby <laughs> <laughs> but I was a good hairdresser at this stage now I can say that I'm a yeah. very 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 good hairdresser I've spent the last 10 years continuing to be educated and I think wow. having low self-worth has been the best thing that's ever happened to me because it's forced me to keep getting better, keep getting better, keep growing, keep Can being I just, and, and, and this is not really part of the story but tell me that now you've got some self sense of self-worth. Do you feel the achievement of what you've done? I sure oh, bloody do. I'm so do. glad <laughs> because I want to give this young girl a hug and go, it's all right, you're frigging amazing, don't totally. worry about it. It's taken me a long time. Like it's honestly only the last year that I've started to see the evidence of my worth because of what I've created. Right. So I think pushing myself outside my comfort zone and doing all these crazy things like open up a business in the middle of a pandemic and collaborate with amazing <laughs> women has been the thing that showed me I'm really, really good with yeah, hair. Right. And there is nothing better in my opinion, than working with women yes. for building up your confidence and helping, and you can help build theirs, and you can see the difference it makes, and see the growth when you're when you're doing it to someone else, and you start thinking, "Hang on a minute, I better apply that to myself yeah, as well." Totally. When so, so yeah. I interrupted you because you were talking about yeah. what it's like setting up your first yes. business. So, yes. tell me. Well, I was terrible at business. I had no idea. Like I'm doing hair in my bathroom. I'm throwing all the cash in the drawer. Like I've got no idea what my takings are. I have no idea how much I'm spending on product. But I'll never forget that first week that I'd actually made all of this money and I counted this money, which was all cash, mind yeah. you. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I looked up at the ceiling and I'll, it was double my wage. And I wow. was like, Oh my God, is this happening? Like that's when I started to be like, oh my God, there's something in this, you know, because yeah. I'd never had that. I, I was living paycheck to paycheck, really struggling most of my but life. But it can be scary when you make that first bit of money and you don't think about tax and yes. overheads. And you, I mean, yes. I have um, a, one of my best friends started a pizza business. Yes, and they made loads of money over the summer. It was up in in the on the coast in you know rural area. And they went, fantastic, we've made all this money. And they went overseas for, for six weeks and came back and 
suddenly got hit with a 35 grand bill. Yes. Tax bill. They were like, oh my God. So yes. because nobody really talks about the fact that when you start a business, you do need to understand everything. Yes. And, and you know, if you haven't had that business training, yes. it can be quite full on. So you made all that money and you yes. went, wow. Wow. What next? Totally. Well, it took me a little while to Did actually start to figure out. Did you get a coach, a business out. coach or anything? Well, when I, I was working from home for four years and it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And then right. when Mama West was born, I knew I want to do everything by the book. I want to know where my finances are. I want to start to understand my money because I was so scared of money. You know, money wasn't well, a good alone. thing. You're not alone. I think it's a thing for women. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But because of my background, I'm a holder honorer. Like I was always saving for a rainy day. So I never kind of got oh, myself well into sticky situations where I got that you know, $35,000 tax bill and didn't see <laughs> it coming. That you weren't expecting. Yeah. Well done. So how did you teach yourself about the numbers? The, well, the, by this stage, so I'm in my own business for four years. I want to evolve. I want to expand and I get my first financial coach ever. Right. Yes. So that was Peach Business. She's yeah. been a life changer for me. She really taught me uh, the gift of money and knowing your finances. And I'll never forget when I heard her say this on a podcast quite like this. She said, in order to make a difference in the community, your business needs to be profitable. And it was like it just hit me straight in the heart. And I just knew I started to, because that's my purpose. I want to make a difference in the yes. community. So, and you are, can I just say. Thank you very much. Well, I'm now starting to see that and feel that, especially from being, you know, open now for 14 months and seeing the women that come in here lifting And, of course, I up. met you at the awards. So you won an award yes, for the City of Maribyrnong, which did. is amazing. That was my dream. And it's dream. very validating, isn't it? You yes. just kind of go, I can't believe that I, the community yes. is what's you yeah. know, rewarding me, which is lovely. Yeah, and I think I've had this need my whole life where all I want to be is seen, right? Yeah. So that kind of accolade and acknowledgement is being seen and something that I didn't experience in my childhood. And I think I get a little bit emotional because that's when I got that award. I didn't know that I was going to get that award that No, night. they didn't tell any of us. I, I, was to, I remember going along <laughs> thinking, look, I'll just go and probably heckle from the back. Yeah. Basically, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just be cheering people on and saying loud things. Yeah, absolutely. It's very surprising. It's so surprising. So when I is that the first award you've won? That is the first. Oh. It's, I'd say it's the first of many, can I just first, say? The first one this year so far, right? right. Yeah. So we had won that award. Was that this year? Um, where are we now? Yes, I think it was around January okay. February. So before this one, we'd won uh, – an icon award, a global icon award from Kevin Murphy wow. for recognising the difference that we're making in the community with the COVID revolution of co-working with women. Yeah. So that was the first kind of recognition that was global, which was huge. But it was this community one that meant the most to me meant because to you, Mama yeah. West, you know, yes. I'm a West. In, and you're a mama. And this I'm a mama. This is all of you. This, this is, is all, all of, of you me. that you put into it. Yeah. So... um Oh, I can't remember you were going to say so. You said something before about, well, talk to me a bit more about setting up the business. Have there been, yes. tell me some of the highs and lows. COVID. You yeah, know, so I'm, what did you do? When did you actually open this? I made this decision to open this through the middle of the pandemic. So, Oh, in 2020? In 2020. I think I found this space in June 2020 thinking we'd be out of lockdown in a month or so. <laughs> I really thought that this was not going to go on for the next few years. So it's although I'd made the decision, I'm going to 
chase my dreams. I am not letting anything stop me because I had this burning desire. Like the time is now. I could not deny it. Like it was going to happen. Yeah. Nothing was going to stop me. But then COVID still continued <laughs> to happen. And there and was lots of tears. And continued. <laughs> So yeah. because it really affected hairdressers particularly it, as it well, could, didn't well, it? Well, we're a service-based industry. We can't work from home. No, and you can't work at a one-and-a-half-metre distance. No, either. we can't do it. So what did you thing. do? I mean, did you spiral in during that time? Or I spiraled. How did you, yeah, because yeah. It, it affected a lot of people yes, that way. Yes, it really did. Though, in hindsight, it was a gift for me because – we created Mama West. Mama West was booked out eight weeks in advance before we'd even opened. We had a brand new Amazing. stylist that was booked who'd moved over to the from the other side of town. Like we were boom, 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 success after success after success, and then lockdown happened. Right. So this is the second lockdown. This is the, the second. The one this year? Um, last year? Hang on. We So 2020 was when we went down at in basically June to November. Yes. Then we got out until about June. Yes. So was it in that period? So this, the one in 2021, so we actually launched in February 2021. Right. We found the space in June 2020, but we had to wait seven months for it to actually happen because of the build. The build got delayed. The lawyers went on, you know, holidays over Christmas. So there was lots of stepping stones before we actually launched. Yeah. So during that time I was working with Fee, kind of forecasting, figuring out the financials and the future and what we need to make. So you actually had time for a strategy and yes. to- that's brilliant. Yes. Isn't it? It was. It was great time. So during that lockdown, that But how first, did you survive during the lockdown as well? Did you manage to get the job keeper, job seeker? One of them I was eligible for. Okay. One of them in 2020 I was eligible for, but the next one I wasn't eligible for. Right. So, and then... Yes, because you started a business. My brother did the same thing, yes. which means that you haven't got a 30% less income yes. than the previous year. So how did you get through that bit? So... Well, I, again, I'm a holder honorer. Okay. So I did. I had this, all this holder honorer money that I was. <laughs> I think everyone saving. else calls them savings, but I love it that you called them holder honorer money. Well, actually, one of my <laughs> other coaches, she calls it fat banking, <laughs> where you just hold on and you're really scared to take risks. So, right. you know, this is a very calculated risk. Like, I really saw a gap in the West about a premium salon experience because I was getting all these clients coming to my house yeah. looking for that right. and not finding it and them staying with me consistently and returning and having a fabulous experience but a one-on-one experience. And, of home, course, so. the same th- at the same time the rainbow hair colours have really come in over the last few years and you said colour is your specialty. That's my niche. Yes, right. that is my niche. So And there wasn't I anything. I do watch those hair porn things where they do the rainbow hair yes. and I watch people flicking around there. Yeah, and it can be really hair. ugly at the same time. Yeah, of course. You know, and I really wanted to find a way to make rainbow hair expensive and beautiful looking. So that's my kind of speciality. I really like to play with colour and make it look expensive and beautiful. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you were talking about the pandemic yes. and how you got through the second yes. heart, the second one. Yeah, well, I guess the second one, well, I think by now it's the fifth or something. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it probably was the eighth, who yeah, knows. whatever. Because there were the sort of little weeks and two weeks that yeah. we had, but the big chunk came in. Yeah, and, I mean, as devastating as it was, in hindsight, it saved my life because I'd filled up all of this space and I didn't have any space to kind of reap the benefits and the experience, like the emotional experience of Mama West and it being born and it 
being such a huge success that I'd kind of neglected myself and my own needs and put the needs of my business before my family and myself. So I had this space that was absolutely terrifying to just look after myself in a way that I've probably never done in my whole recovery. Right. Well, and, and of course you talk about your son, but you haven't told me. So when did you meet your partner? How, when did you, at what stage was your son born in yes. the, through all of this? So whole nother can of worms. <laughs> yeah, there's so many cans of worms in my life. I know. It's cool. We're having a juicy story. <laughs> well, my partner's also in recovery as well and right. he's been clean now for five years yeah. and we were together three months and then I got pregnant. Oh, my goodness. So it was a very quick kind of... Courtship, you know, yeah, for want of a better man, word. I work fast. I work fast. When yeah. I know I want something, it, it happens. So, though, yeah, so we, we've kind of done a bit of a role reversal in our uh, relationship and he's been primary carer so that I could oh, fantastic. work the dream of the business. <coughs> and, yeah, so that's – I could Mama West wouldn't exist if it wasn't for my partner because, as we all know, as a mum, it is really hard – to have it all. It is extremely hard and you do really need a partner. I was very lucky I had the same thing. Yeah, it makes a huge massive, difference. Massive, massive difference. Yeah. So um, so th- the whole story is amazing, Sheridan, yes. firstly. <laughs> it's huge. Secondly, um, <laughs> I just hope everybody listens to this and comes down because you have to also, I just have to say to anyone listening, the salon is gorgeous. It's all in uh, pastel pinks and hot pinks and retro stuff and gorgeous pink chairs. It's mm. it's absolutely stunning. So I would recommend that everyone comes down. Now, um, talk to me about the local area. Yes. Because I know that um, from having spoken to Kirsty how much you all love Commercial Street. But yes. um, where are your favourite places around here and what other businesses or, or business owners do you know or work with that you can do a shout out for? Well, I guess we'll start with the co-working space. We've got Summer Hill Lash and Brow, who's our premium lash and brow expert who downsized her business from the city to Maidson. So okay. she is also West Footscray. She lives in West Footscray and decided that she wanted to be part of this community as well. Right. So that was kind of the So that was the first one. Was that the first one? Second. Second. Yes. Okay. And then we had Sharon from Om Organic Makeup who had her own shop front in Williamstown who was also looking at downsizing because of the overheads of COVID and the hardship of COVID. So she is the organic makeup specialist here. So she's got her own space within us. Yeah. She's amazing. And then we've got Christine, who is our bespoke nail specialist. She has I just saw her amazing her nails on the way in to do this interview and thought, wow. She <laughs> is, I thought I was good with colour, but she's a whole nother level of colorist with nails (laughs) right yeah and then of course there's mama west so we've also got a couple of local artists um ash drawn by ash she's got some pictures of colorful dogs on our walls that are for sale and we've got sally walsh who is also a local artist within west footscray who hangs and sells her art on the walls too so there's quite a lot going on yeah, at Mama West. amazing. And you are supporting so many women in the area. Yes, yes. Um, and then what about, you know, favourite cafes? Oh, or, yes, one yeah, for the crow. Yes, my favourite. We're right next door to a vegan cafe, which is kind of really aligns with us because all of our uh, colour is vegan as well. And right. it's great having that kind of connected audience. We really have very similar yeah, love audiences. It. I have just found this new one in Kingsville called Narbo. 
Yes. Oh my god. Whereabouts in Kingsville is it? It's like I over live the in Kingsville. You need to try this. <laughs> is it on Somerville Road? It's. Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe it is Somerville. No, no, no. So it's over the bridge. You yes. know, across the road from Bunnings. Yes. To the left, as you're going over the bridge, you can see like this apartment complex to the left. Yes. It is freaking amazing. They have market the, the lane Rising coffee. Sun Hotel used to um, has turned into apartments. I there. think that could definitely. I be think it. that might be right. Yes. So oh. we're like a ten minute drive or something. And right. I've got a coffee shop but right you'd next go door. Go over there. But I go over there because the coffee's that good. It is so good. Oh, so I that's might not good to know. drink. Anymore, but <laughs> I love my coffee. coffee. <laughs> and you'll travel for it. Yes, and I will. Amazing. And uh, what about favourite places to eat? Ooh, okay. Migrant coffee as well. They've got the best bagels in the West. They're, yeah. they're a beautiful are they? women business on Barclay Street as well. Okay. And they're doing amazing things. I love the in name the West. even. Have to go down there. You need to check them out. They're so heartfelt. I feel like they've inspired a lot of my decisions with the hours that we trade and not working Saturdays and having a business on my own terms because they're kind of leading the way in that way. So it right. really inspired me to be able to do some of the things that they're doing. And um, Isn't that lovely? Sorry, I just have to say that. Mm. All of us think that we're doing our own thing mm. and, and you the same thing for you. We think we're doing our own thing because it suits us um, and that nobody's really watching but there are so many people that watch what you're doing and take what they can from it, you know, to help their own business. So you're yeah. probably inspiring a whole heap of the next generation of hairdressers oh, as well. I hope so. That's That's my secret passion you know I really <laughs> want to be able to change the landscape of and small of and small business well I think you're doing yeah. it I yeah. think I think you can pat yourself on the back and say yes I'm well on the way yeah well yeah. done Sheridan thank you so much for this interview if anyone wants to come down what's the best way to book themselves in or or if they want to have a chat with you the best way to get hold of you yes we are all over Instagram but our website is www.mamawest.com.au yeah and you it's can great book website, online by the way. through there thank you very <laughs> colourful you get a little taste of who we are and what we do and we are a very colourful space here so it's really hard to be sad up in here. <laughs> that, what a great way to end the interview. It is very hard to be sad here. You're 100% right. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you, Jules. I hope you enjoyed this interview. You can find all our guests on the Maribyrnong Localised website, which is a free resource where you can share your business and what you do. I hope to see you on there. <laughs>